0: We gotta go to the bullpen. Welcome to the Highland Bullpen, the all-new podcast bringing America's pastime to Scotland shores. It doesn't matter if you're a Hall of Famer heading for Cooperstown or you're fresh out of the minor leagues. This is the podcast for you. Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode four of the Highland Bullpen Baseball Podcast. I'm your show host, Richard Pigeon, and we have built it, and they have come. Listening figures are up show by show, and myself and fellow bullpen bros, Alan, Dave and Dave Jr, along with show mascot Hamish, can't wait to bring this latest episode to you. It's been a good week here in the bullpen, the barbers are open again, having been shut for most of the COVID pandemic. I managed to get my hair cut in five minutes, Hamish the Highland Bulls took a day and a half. Yes Hamish, the new cut really suits you. Well, you don't argue with a fifteen hundred pound bill. Now you wouldn't catch Hamish making a flying visit to Spain for obvious bullfighting reasons. So he's obviously a bit brighter than Celtic star Bolly Balangoli, who is in hot water with the club and with Scottish football authorities after paying a flying visit to Spain, where he allegedly spent some quality time at a romantic hotel. Now I'm not saying that my fellow bullpen bros Dave Allen or Dave Junior know a lot about romantic hotels. But they do know a lot about the contrasting approach that Major League Baseball and Scotland's football authorities have taken to dealing with players and clubs who breach quarantine or lockdown rules. And here they are discussing that on Bases Loaded. (laughs) So following tonight's matches, we're now more than a quarter of the way through this unique 2020 MLB season. And yes, some teams, particularly teams like the Cardinals, have been radically affected and have only played a handful of games. But in general, we look like we might well get the season we all wanted to see, with the majority of the 60 games at least being completed. Alan, are you more optimistic than you were a couple of weeks ago that we could get a full 60-game season?
1: I'm, I'm optimistic for a number of teams. I understand the concept of double-headers and I understand the the concept that baseball's not necessarily an athletic sport like football or rugby where you naturally need or expect some rest after games so you do play continuous days you can't play double headers and um, it must be quite tiring so I think some teams will go for it I- I'm not Convinced every team will get there
0: One difference between those sports you mentioned That baseball for all its athleticism Is really a contact sport unless you happen To be the catcher or you get clattered into At some point in the way that football and rugby Players need that additional recovery time From the contact elements of their sport How do you see it Dave Jr?
2: Yeah I think it's really quite interesting um, I was probably more pessimistic than, than the three of you guys Over the last few weeks about how the season Would progress I think however It's also a really important tie for you to mention that we're a quarter of the way through the season so if you take into account well perhaps touch has seen the worst of things if the MLB feel that we're in a position to have carried the season on to this point then it stands to reason that we would see the season through so again if we were perhaps to see a repeat of the small instances which have taken place not dismissing that at all but if you take individual teams then I think that we're really we stand a really good chance of seeing the season through. Um, and again, talking about the season, we've really got so many entertaining uh, aspects to talk about.
1: Yeah, and no, I was just going to make the point about the, the season finishing because we're, we're chatting about this. Um, Scottish football season is only three games into it. We've now had two teams with breaches of protocol of behaviour for players and they've been given effectively a couple of games to miss or postponed. That doesn't seem particularly difficult to catch up. In a Scottish season But there's also A lot of pessimism From Scottish football fans Around Will the season finish And if If something else goes wrong Will the whole thing Fall apart I look back Two or three weeks When the Marlins And the Cardinals Had their problems At the start of the season Everybody seemed quite Pessimistic With MLB As we stand tonight The White Sox are only one game off Having played 20. Now that's 14 games, I think, ahead of the Cardinals, but that, that's not really for the, the White Sox or the majority of teams to worry about. And, and a
0: question coming from that is MLB took a decision, and there was a lot of criticism at the time about it, to, to just start off with a shorter season. They decided, no, actually, we'll be realistic. Let's try and do something that we can achieve. Scottish football still trying to complete a normal 38-game season. All right, there's been some minor tinkering with the cup structures in the Scottish football game. Should they have actually been realistic at the start and said our season's only going to be 24 games, 22 games? We won't play the Scottish Cup. We won't play the League Cup. We'll concentrate on ensuring that our showpiece competition can realistically be completed despite the challenges of COVID. I think that's very interesting when you...
2: Uh, both in terms of the, the MLB season, uh, but to touch on your main point about the SPFL, technically we're still trying to finish the nineteen twenty season uh, with the Scottish Cup yeah. games being crammed in over the next couple of months. Uh, again, I think there's a debate there. Any of, any of our listeners that, that follow Hearts might feel a little harshly done by that they've... Uh, that may not be Dave by any means, but Hearts in particular may have to start that cup competition fresh on the back of no real competitive games. Coming back to the MLB season, I think it's great that the White Sox, their next game will be the 20th, you know, a third of the way through that 60-game season. Hopefully, again, those, those extra games will take into account the postseason. Um, but I think it's fascinating, you look at the, the White Sox, sorry, the, uh, the American League Central, you look at four of those teams are all in winning percentages, all well above the 500 mark. Again, as a novice, as a noob to the, the MLB scene, I'd have thought in a division where you looked at teams that were playing each other mainly, it would be very hard for four of those five teams to, to be above 500. I don't know if that shows a comparison to the, uh, the National League Central. Uh, the teams that the American League have been playing over those last few weeks. But um, again, that's I, I think it's a, a point to debate.
1: It's, it's probably worth pointing out for our listeners who haven't followed baseball to, to such a great extent that um, Major League Baseball doesn't have a schedule, a fixture schedule like we do in football, whereas in football, the traditional structure would be play a team home and away. OK, the SPFL... You maybe do that four times, and with the split, we do that three or four times. But Major League Baseball, not dissimilar to National Football League, the American Football league. your schedule is influenced by the division you're in, the league you're in, and then a rotational system on playing teams from the other league. What that effectively means is some teams actually have an easier schedule than others. So there are some seasons where a weaker team might actually benefit from that. I think we might have touched on it before. We'd never get away with that in in Scottish football. But it's interesting as to how that then brings the results out we've seen in the the Central League we're talking about there. Richard's point about making a shorter season. Scottish leagues have actually gone for a shorter season in the lower leagues. Again, I'm not fully conversant with this, but I thought the lower league teams actually relied on spectator income maybe more than the bigger teams. So it's a bit perverse that what we've done is we've looked at the smaller teams and we've actually said, we'll give you a smaller season, you'll get less income, because that's all we can do. And when you do look at it with what's happened, because we tend to play Saturday, Saturday with occasional Wednesdays, we have created the possibility of fitting extra games in. If our big two teams are playing in Europe as successfully as they did last year, that's going to become a wee bit of a mess. Given we were in such a rush to finish the season, last time around, and I think ended up the only European league that actually confirmed it to that basis. It's a wee bit bizarre that we've started early with the intention of doing a full season. But hey, there we go. Those um, highly paid executives know more, more than me. Maybe not more than you, though, Dave Jr.
2: No, well, I think it's, it's, it's interesting me talk about the lower leagues. Um, what I'd really be keen to hear about is, if any of you listening... Uh, if you support teams out with the the top tier in Scotland we'd be really really interested to hear about how you, how you feel about your league being shortened um, tweet us send us messages on Instagram just generally annoy Alan with any type of mail that you've got there and um, but we'd be really keen from any of you to be in touch and um, but particularly about that point and how you feel, uh, it relates to, to the baseball season.
0: Absolutely, and and of course, listeners can always get in touch by emailing the Highland Bullpen at gmail.com. No dashes or, do, or dots or anything in between, just the Highland Bullpen, all one word, at gmail.com. And I suppose there's possibly an argument given that Celtic and Aberdeen are two of the high profile, the two high profile teams who whose players have been caught out breaching Covid regulations in a fairly flagrant fashion. Is there an argument those two teams were still in the 2019-2020 Scottish Cup competition? That, should they have had to forfeit a place in that? Because that would potentially free up another weekend, another game date for other clubs, given that the whole league is having to play catch-up now on the basis of the actions of their players... That seems to me to be something definitely that could be that could have been considered.
1: Um, I'd be delighted with that suggestion, Richard, and uh, coming from yourself, even more so as well. It's a it's a great angle. It's very interesting that, because the situation with the Marlins, if I understood it, the Marlins guys visited a, a premises that they probably shouldn't have visited, and hence where the belief is that one of them caught the virus and, and, and passed it on. I'm, I'm not sure how the, the virus ended up in the Cardinals' camp. Was it because they were playing the Marlins?
0: Possibly, I think uh, that might be the case, Alan. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure, but I think that could
2: be the case. Yes. Well, I think it's something that we spoke about earlier. But the Marlins, um, although they've played a much reduced fixture schedule, they still remain top.
1: So the the point I think Richard's making there is that in Scotland and in the Major League Baseball, there has been no punishment. There's no effective punishment for the teams who've missed game, who've, whose players have got the virus or been exposed to the virus and then had to quarantine. And I can understand why there's no punishment because do you punish somebody for getting ill? But the question has to be: Should you punish somebody where there has been a blatant breach of the bubble rules of government regulations, etc., etc.? What's happened now in football and in baseball is, with no effective punishment, you've created a precedent that you can't actually punish another team. Then eight weeks down the line, it also one last point before I pass over. But it also crossed my mind that. Um, One, if not both of the teams you've mentioned, Richard, if they then get to play those catch-up games in 12 weeks' time, there is a possibility they'll be doing that in front of a crowd. So actually, will they benefit from that situation?
2: Given that there's another two months or six weeks left of the transfer window as well, and that one of those two teams have more financial clout, if not both, than the majority of the Scottish League, could they be in a better financial position to have a a better squad for those games?
0: No, absolutely. I think the point is that there's been... I I don't think there has been no punishment as a result of this. I think what there's been is a punishment for everyone in Scottish football, regardless of whether it was their clubs Are there players that were the the source of these breaches? Because every club now faces the risk of our season in Scottish football. Not finishing has increased. Every time games have to be cancelled or rescheduled, that risk increases. And if the season doesn't take place... And Nicola Sturgeon, who's the First Minister of Scotland, has already said Scottish football is on a yellow card, which for the benefit of those who possibly don't know is the, the last stage before a player is expelled from the game in football. So actually everybody's being punished at the moment and there's, that could ultimately lead to the Scottish football season. I still think the, the Scottish football authorities were naive at best and irresponsible at worst in trying to cram not just the, the majority of a normal season into an absolutely abnormal situation, but as Dave Jr. rightly points out, to try and add on top of that the mopping up of last season as well, it's, a, you would, it's just a crazy situation.
2: I think there's a whole lot of politics have to go into that as well and perhaps Celtic seem to be rampaging towards any trophy in their path over the last few years Uh, which again for for different people in the podcast might mean different things but there would be I think different aspects for the SPFL or the the SFA I'm not sure which body is involved these days I think there's a whole lot of politics get involved here Um, but I think the the good of the game we, we, we seem to talk about that quite a lot over the last few years really sporting integrity I'm not entirely sure that we ever cover that off entirely. It seems to be that we benefit whichever teams are in place at that moment in time. Do we really look after our, our lower league teams? When we've had this uh, situation with and with Aberdeen in the last few weeks, again, rightfully, I think the media have really pilloried all players and all clubs involved, which is, I don't want to say great, but it, it feels fair what they've done. But if you think about the proverbial tea lady down at Queen's Park, mm. at Brechin, have these people, these clubs, really thought about the, the the whole of Scottish football? And to that extent, have the SBFL and the rulemakers, have they considered all elements
1: yeah. involved? Brings me on to a really interesting point, because what we're talking about here is that um, we have tried to make the showcase premiership league season exactly the same as any other season major league baseball in a way sort of tried to do the same but they've not been daft they've recognized they always can't fit 162 games in they didn't have time they fitted 60 games in they've made a few differences in terms of travel arrangements they've made a few differences in in terms of a uh, designated hitters and, and and what have you in, in, within the teams but the scottish leagues have come up with nothing innovative here. And as the guys will know, and a few of you will understand, I, I followed two teams in the same league simply because I supported a lower league team, as in a Highland league team coming from the Highlands, and I supported a bigger team. So I always think I've got food in both camps and I understand it. When they announced all the TV deals for the different clubs, it seemed crazy that we were not giving options for people to watch games quite simply. We made no effort, and I understand there's a lot of cost and involvement, but if, if Brechin were playing Sterling Albion on a Tuesday night, and it cost me £5 to watch some guy with a camcorder filming it back to my house, I would pay £5. It would be something I could do, something I'd enjoy. I know it wouldn't be brilliant or great. Would there not have been a wee showcase for football there? And when you look at... I know Major League Baseball is funded with mm-hmm. lots of money. Major League Baseball TV is fantastic. We've watched tonight... And we've watched a Tigers commentary game, and we've watched a White Sox commentary game of the same game. We've learnt different things. We've understood it from a different perspective. The whole thing is just such a slick system. And yeah, we're not at that stage, but technology's pretty good these days. Scottish football could have been a lot more innovative and could have looked at the likes of baseball.
2: I think, yeah, really fascinating what you say there. Um, again, there's there's the obvious... Comparison to make that if you're looking at Chicago and Detroit, two fantastically huge populace involved here, as opposed to again Brechin, Sterling, yeah. maybe not again, the money, the infrastructure isn't there. However, as you alluded to, it's we're not living in the dark ages. We've got professional clubs here, we've got men and women who are more than happy to spend their time with their clubs and provide that level I think the issue here is not providing the fans with a level it's just any level we're not giving fans an option at all here again you might want to extend that out a little bit I don't have the facts and figures off the top of my head but there seem to be an alarming amount of top flight clubs and competitions within Scotland which don't have sponsorship. Have we crammed in, have we crowbarred in as much as we can in our ongoing need to be like our big brothers down south where we just don't really have the resource, we don't have the ability to compete with them. We've got two huge clubs in this country, we've got a lot of big clubs, we've got two worldwide fan bases that we have to... Look to we have to cover we have to pander to but we've really got to cater for them but those those fandoms those fan bases take up or they should take up a whole lot of effort for the SPFL but do we really match those those levels those numbers in this country when we don't have competitions we don't have sponsorship deals we've got really. Uh, to me, again, I don't want to get political with this, but perhaps don't have the authoritative bodies that lend themselves very well to what we're trying to achieve here.
0: We fail to recognise that ultimately we are a, a far, far smaller market than England. So instead of trying to be a second rate rip off, a, a pound stretcher version, a pound stretcher version of the English Premiership, why didn't we take the opportunity years ago when we had it to go our own way, to go a different way, a day that was uh, a way that was better for us and was more akin to what other smaller nations successfully managed to do? We've referenced MLB TV, and that is a fantastic incarnation of what modern technology and a bit of will and innovation can actually deliver for some fans of sport.
1: I just don't believe our authorities would have considered anything like what made. League Baseball are doing. I'd imagine if you went into the offices of the SPFL and said, sit down and have a think about what they're doing in baseball, how they're marketing baseball, how they're promoting baseball on the TV, how, how the fans get involved, how there's a unified website, etc. etc. for the clubs. I think they'd have laughed at you and told you to get lost. And I know it's a completely different product we've got here, but my goodness, should we not be trying to learn from the best? The only comparison I can think of with Major League Baseball is... I was saying earlier how much I enjoyed being with with, with Dave Jr., watching the White Sox Tigers game. The last time I was out with Dave, we went to see... His local team, Sterling Albion, play Cove Rangers. And usually for Scottish football, it was an eight-goal filler. Unfortunately, Sterling Albion only scored one goal. But the scoreline at 7-1, that's the nearest I can see to anything similar to Major League Baseball with a a scoreline like that. Um, We're just not marketing or encouraging things. And it's been eye-opening for me watching and seeing. And I think a lot of American guys who might be... Listening to us or thinking about it, I probably think we're not doing that great, yeah, come C- come and watch what we're doing.
2: We're so far behind our American friends, our American brothers, our American cousins, um, in terms of coverage of sport. at times it may seem like we are uh, we have a deluge of sport across our channels, which which our partners may may really uh, may get on the nerves over the over the period of time. however, When it comes to the quality of that content, it's leagues apart. I use the pun intentionally here. It's leagues apart. You may get thrown some coverage that you have to be happy with. But when it comes to a fan investing your well-earned money into sports, into your team, it very much, as a British sports fan, feels like we often get the bum end of the deal.
0: I think the truth is that for Scottish football fans you're guaranteed a second-class experience whether you're at the game itself or whether you're watching the television coverage doled out to us, which is very clearly, in a lot of cases, not given a fraction of the care or attention to detail. For example, regularly our television coverage within Scotland of of Scottish football will feature the wrong team name. So imagine if you were a Chicago Cubs fan. uh, How happy would you be, although Dave Jr. would be delighted to see yourself being referred to as the Chicago White Sox? Yeah. Or the Yankees or the Mets, or whichever comparison you like to use, it's that level of, of amateurism yeah. which is, there, is allowed.
1: Was there not sto- the story about Barry Hearn? So Barry Hearn runs the World Darts Organisation, WDO. W- oh. The World Darts, yeah. Yeah, WDO. So he came up and spoke to Scottish football and said, listen, I can get 10,000 people inside an arena to watch two men playing darts <laughs> that they can't actually see the dartboard. And they will come, I can get 10,000 people, 18 weeks in a row to do that. And I can put it live on TV and I can get over a million people watching it on TV. Can I come and help you promote Scottish football? I, it's it's and, and we basically...
0: We'll talk, laugh them out the room. We'll laugh them out the room, yeah. Okay. My experience, Alan, I was going to mention of darts Was actually I'd had that much beer at the darts I was seeing at least four or five dart boards <laughs> the you know, Despite there only been one match going on Lots well, of doubles going on there, oh,
1: indeed, indeed. Probably best, I don't mm-hmm. mention What I saw when I went to the darts of my mates but, yeah.
0: That might be one for maybe A, a, maybe a, a more adult-orientated version of the podcast But Barry Herman, for those who, who wouldn't know Not only revolutionised darts He was a man that revolutionised snooker Back yes. in the 1980s, and I know in America that pool is a more popular Q sport than snooker, but under Barry Hearn's leadership, snooker was regularly drawing television viewerships of 20 million people at yes. his height in the mid-80s, staying up till the early hours to watch Steve Davis versus Dennis Taylor yes. in the 1985 snooker world final. So this is a man that deserves to be listened to because he's revolutionised two sports, but yes. obviously he can't know a half, as much. No, no, no. I, I, As the wise men yeah. who run Scottish football.
1: Although it comes back to, and this is why you maybe don't spend too much time on Twitter, I don't think you find many baseball fans cheering on Rob Manfred from the islands. So I guess the authorities get criticised everywhere. But what we're saying is there is a product here, which as a just a small group of football fans who enjoy the sporting experience, we're thinking, you, you guys have got something. In one sense, it's not the most exciting sport in the world to watch, but it's a great experience. It's a great technical game. There's a lot going on. There's a lot more going on than you actually understand. But when you're sitting in the stadium or even watching on the TV, having banter with your friends, it just seems well presented and professional.
2: Over over the last few months in Scottish football, we seem to have talked about the phrase self-preservation quite a lot. Which, if you've been honest with yourself, uh, whichever team you support you always look at things from that angle you we are all biased we may take a step back and look at things differently but at the end of the day very often we do we do try to think about events which benefit our club where the MLB feels slightly different again I'm I'm new to the MLB I'm new to the, the White Sox to an extent but it does feel like baseball baseball fans feel at the heart of a lot of decisions there's, there seems to be a lot of service paid to fans. And again, the SBFL, it's, I'm not here to, to bash them by any means. Any any job of that tier, of that structure, I, you cannot please half the people, let alone all of them, all of the time. So I'm not here to do that, and I won't do that. It's, it's a very tough job. But it does feel like there's a whole lot of self-preservation going on at times. Instead of, what can we actually do to make things better? for the people of today uh, and their kids that they bring along to games.
1: Yeah, so the question I've got is when I look at the sort of Scottish football, we're, we're marketing one game. So we're marketing the Rangers vs Celtic game all the time and that's where we expect the big money, we expect the big crowds coming in. Is there anything similar in MLB? Um, are they looking at saying we want the Yankees-Red Sox game and we want tens of thousands of people here here watching it? Or do we actually look at that a wee bit do they look at that and not actually think of that? Do they do they focus on the individual teams or do they have individual products? And is our problem that we have one big product that everything else piggybacks on the back of.
0: Yeah, I think you're right, Alan. I think certainly I remember reading before about how the American, the American markets work very differently in terms of, uh, of the city markets. Well, guys, can you tell me a little bit of trivia? We don't have Dave Ince here, so I'm going to have to try and be a very poor second choice for our resident quiz master. So as we speak just now, guys, there is a unique statistic concerning the Miami Marlins. Can you guess what it is?
1: Is this in relation to their playing record this season?
0: It is. And to the wider discussions we've had about what's impacted it and what the consequences are in terms of some teams having played maybe more or less games. Is the games
2: played or is it the record? Getting warmer and warmer. Get warmer, okay, okay, okay.
0: I should point out that you mentioned earlier on, Dave Jr., that the Miami Marlins top the National League East at the moment.
1: So if they get the highest percentage across both division
0: they don't I think it's that the Cubs sorry Dave Junior in the National <laughs> League Central who currently boast that I'll, I'll put you out your misery they, they'll, have
1: won, they'll, they'll have lost the least number of games
0: no I'll put no. you out I'll put you out your misery unless you' do a special extended episode <laughs> <laughs> they not only top that league they top that league having played not one single game at home oh okay Their seven and four record has been compiled entirely on the
1: road so would I be right in thinking the Blue Jays must have played a significant number of away games until their 15th game? Because they've only just moved into the Buffalo Bisons ballpark. they like, fantastic alliteration there, is it? Absolutely. Well.
0: Well You're quite right. The Blue Jays have played, have currently have a, a 1-0 record at home, but they have, they have got a nice. one on, on the score sheet there. So as we speak, the, the table topping Miami Marlins are the only team not to have played at home. And although, obviously the home advantage is much reduced given the lack of fans, I still think it's a it will be an advantage yeah. to know your own ballpark better than the opposition. Yeah. So impressive stuff in the Marlins. Good. And the final point to make is you guys, obviously tonight, another close-fought contest at the end of a close-fought series. And in the American League Central, is the closest contested mm. of all the, the divisions at the moment with the less than 100 in terms of winning percentage separating the table-topping twins, followed by the Tigers, the Indians, and then the, the White Sox. Dave Jr.?
2: I think, yeah, that's really interesting. I think we've touched on that before. You know, the Twins, fantastic outfit, really powerful, powerful team. Uh, Again, the Indians were were imagined to to be up there. The White Sox, I think there's a lot of feeling within the Chicago camp that they would separate the two, if not perhaps come out on top. But I think the Tigers, not just saying this for Alan, but I don't think anyone expected too much of the Tigers this year. Really tough. Upcoming schedule However I think the Tigers Have surprised a lot of people However Having said that We did believe At the start of all this If you're looking at 16 teams Making the way to the playoffs You were always going to get Some names in there Which might cause A little bit of an upset Why not the
1: Tigers? Yeah my biggest Disappointment with that league Is if we'd gone on And reviewed which Scottish Championship Football teams Would be allocated To baseball teams I was going to put Inverness Caledonian Thistle With the Twins because the Twins logo is CT or TC for Twin Cities mm-hmm. uh, Which you can reverse that to Caledonian Thistle and So much as I had the Colorado Rockies with Ross County So yeah. it breaks my heart a wee bit To see the Twins at the top of the, the division as well But hey, there we go well,
0: Given for those that don't know Inverness are the, the hated Highland rivals of Ross County Alan's Highland home
1: Hamish Hamish would not like Inverness mm. Thanks for joining us on the Highland Bullpen. We're also featuring on all the usual social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for the Highland Bullpen. On Twitter, our handle is at H-B-U-L-L-P-E-N, at H-Bullpen. At Instagram, it's Highland underscore Bullpen. And Facebook is quite simply the Highland Bullpen. We've also got our email address, highlandbullpen at gmail.com. We really appreciate those of you who've got in touch asking questions. We are here to learn ourselves and we're here to help you guys learn as well. So feel free to contact us and follow us on any of those channels.
0: forget that as well as pod bean the highland bullpen baseball podcast is now also available on apple podcasts and will shortly be coming to spotify too now it's time for the seventh inning stretch quiz and would like you to root 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 for the home team because i'm in the lead with three runs alan has two and dave jr's got one
3: What do you fancy?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go for a double this time because I need to, I need to spice up my life at different times. Eh? Texas,
3: the state of Texas has two MLB teams, the Houston Astros and the Texas Rangers. In which city is the Houston Astros? Play? No, that's not the question. In which city is the Texas Rangers based? It's a bit of a tricky one. Though. I don't think I'd have got it if I hadn't looked it up. So,
1: Yeah. Um fairly sure I did read it recently, but it's not Dallas. Um, no, it's not Dallas. I, I'm trying to think. My my geographic knowledge of Texas is not sufficient.
3: You've got pretty good general knowledge of uh, American geography. Yeah.
1: But. Yeah.
3: No, not to worry. You can't, you can't get them on.
1: Of, um, no, I've um. of No. me out of that one.
3: Arlington? Arlington. Arlington. <laughs> Sounds like a place in Lancashire, isn't it? No, oh, I'm from Arlington. So, Dave, is it yourself?
2: I think I'd better go with single, Dave. I think my bravado has um, yeah, it's let me down so far.
3: I don't think I've asked you that. I've been saving this question... White Sox. Uh, who play at the romantically named Guaranteed Rake Field? The mighty White Sox. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they
3: do indeed.
2: That was actually there's a funny uh, story behind the stadium's name. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Steve Guaranteed Rake was a player from the twenties. <laughs> I didn't know that
1: was your batter or, or a pitcher
2: <laughs> catcher
3: guaranteed ERA that's what you want so do you want to go for home or are you just going to stick on first base uh, give us give us a three then go on it's a three part question do you want the first part first the second part no no, no. I'm joking so who played <laughs> who played at the one base, Ebbets Field, Shea Stadium and Candlestick Park. So to get the three, <clears throat> to get the triple, I mean, you've got to get the three right. So Ebbets Field, you might get from one of your favorite films we've been talking about. Captain <laughs> America.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the one, yeah. Batman. <laughs> I know Shea, Shea Stadium, it's going to be one of the New York teams, yeah. but it's whichever one I'm not going to say. So, well, it's um, not the Yankees because they
3: play Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> Does that count? Does that count? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the other two, Ebbets Field, and Candlestick Park. In fact, they're they're all clubs based in New York. Mm-hmm. And the Ebbets Field and the Candlestick Park ones were the two that, that Brooklyn
2: past. Dodge. Is that Brooklyn? Yep. Rabbits Field. Um, I'm out. I'm
3: out. <gasps> Actually, I might have misled you there, because Candlestick Park is the old... Alan will probably know this. Have you been there? No. No.
0: It's the old stadium for the San Francisco Giants. Mm, okay. Was the 49ers was played American football at Candlestick Park. I remember that from my... yeah, day. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I've, I've been I've been to the Cadden Giants Stadium, but yeah, it'll, it, an amazing corporate sponsor as opposed to Candlestick Park, and maybe the Candlestick Maker sponsored them in those days.
3: <laughs> yeah, back in the 19th century before electricity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a bit of a tough one. Sorry about that. But Good knowledge. So, what were the three answers there? So, Ebbets, Ebbets Field is mm-hmm. um, the Brooklyn. Uh-huh. I, think it, I think it's featured in Field of Dreams, isn't it? When, yes. when we go back with um,
2: uh, Terry.
3: Yeah. And uh, Shea Stadium is the Nets. I play at City City Field, and Candlestick Park is the the Giants. So the F- F- Giants' old. So these are all
0: stadiums in which
3: oh, well, no longer exist. I've been, I've been at Shea Stadium.
0: I think Shea Stadium may be a really cool one actually, as you mentioned. It's where the, the Beatles famously played as well. Yeah. I can't help but feel City Fields might be the most boring name I've ever heard for a
3: sports stadium. Yeah. Sport. Is it more or less on the same site? I think I saw something quite recently and it was it's quite near the airport, isn't it? So at the, the backdrop of it you do see the planes coming into land and taking off. So it's quite cool from from that point of view, and of course, they've got uh, the Big Apple <laughs> and they hit a home run. Shea uh, Stadium was getting a bit um, a bit tired and old, but the fans loved it. And when they got the new stadium, they built this fantastic new, huge apple that comes out of the ground. And they were going to get rid of the, the old apple, but the fans insisted that they keep it there. So I think it's somewhere outside the stadium. OK, is it yourself, Richard? I think so. I think I'm
0: to close out, I think.
3: What are you fancy?
0: I'll go... Ah. I'll double, double up this time, I think, please, Mr. Vince, Double up. OK, here's
3: a question on players' nicknames. Who was known as the Splendid Splinter? He retired from playing in 1960 and was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1966, his first year of eligibility. He is regarded as one of the greatest hitters in baseball history. Ed Williams? Absolutely, absolutely correct.
1: Are you writing his biography, Dave? I
3: don't know why it's come up, it's just one of them things, and I I did sort of remember something, John F. Kennedy's, uh, the Kennedy family were from Boston, uh, New England, and uh, JFK was a Red Sox fan, and disputedly his hero was Ted Williams, and they do say never meet your heroes, and he met him and realised he was a staunch Republican, so. Didn't exactly totally go off him, but.
0: Um, I should probably fess up. I actually know literally nothing about baseball, but I just know that if you see Ted Williams, just about one <laughs> every two handfuls, yeah. and his quiz, we'll be right.
3: Yeah, that's it. Well, you can, you can bring in some of the old stuff, you know, back on when I
0: was a lad. <laughs> well, good stuff. Well, having successfully hit one double, I'll go for a double double,
3: please. Let's go for another. Let's go for another. Okay. I'll give you a clue, Richard. I think I've run run out of... uh, You've not run out of Ted Williams' questions, I'm sure, David. It's only other question. This is a scorebook question. And um, if uh, you saw two letters S-B against a batter's name, what would that refer to and... It would be a method of the advancing from one base to another. Stolen base. Correct. <laughs> Going on two doubles equals a run. That puts you in the lead. I'm sure it won't
0: last long, but this really is a crazy season, Fox.
1: <laughs> Anything can oh, happen.
0: Thanks Hamish and that's another fantastic episode of the Highland Bullpen baseball podcast in the books. Thank you very much for listening. As a special bonus, if you want to hang on for extra innings, you can hear how Dave Jr. and Alan got on watching as their beloved Tigers and White Sox clashed in a series decider. But for me, Richard Pigeon, and for Dave, see you next time.
1: So, so what's intrigued me here is that we thought we'd try this week commentary for the game through you and try to educate ourselves and hopefully help you guys understand the game. And we chose to commentate on the pitching of our own teams. Uh, I suppose that contra- contrasts quite a bit with football, where we would normally look at the goal scorers um, and, and see how they get on. So I don't know why subconsciously we chose that, but uh, it perhaps it highlights the influence and the importance of pitchers. Anyway, good innings for Boyd. Um, his pitch count's quite high, but uh, we, we held the White Sox there with three, three good outs. So keep it going, Tigers. Let's go.
2: So I thought it was interesting that Alan thought the reason he went first was to discuss the pitching, when really i seen it as he just wanted to stick his big fat oar in. Um, personally, again, really good innings there. No scoring added to the White Sox in the Tigers game there. Uh, really interesting to get into the third innings and we'll see where it
0: goes from
1: here. Actually, the reason I chatted first was um, I thought I was being polite and would let Skelts have the last word at the end of the game. But hey, there, there you go. Who, who knows? Um, yeah, another run for the White Sox. Uh, triple from Tim Anderson. Uh, Dave Jr. claims it's because he tweeted him at the start of the game. I don't often see triples. Um, I, I don't know enough about baseball, but I got, always have the impression, especially with no outs, If you get a a, a triple, no outs, you're pretty much guaranteed a run, so I wasn't too disappointed with that. I think Boyd looks like he's pitching okay, so um, hopefully we can get back in and get a few good hits in third innings and get back in the game.
2: Another good innings for the White Sox there. Uh, Tim Anderson seemed to get into third base there on the back of what looked like a little bit of an error, perhaps, on left field for the Tigers. Uh, again, some good pitching to see things out for the Tigers, but uh, 3-1 White Sox, going to the fourth.
1: Well done, Matthew Boyd, another scoreless innings for the White Sox. Uh, drew a couple of walks, um, might be worth trying to explain what a walk is to, to our listeners. So that, that, that That's quite unusual where, or maybe not that unusual, but the, the, it's considered deliberate at times where the pitcher would effectively choose to let somebody walk if they're worried about um, them catching a big hit, getting a home run, or, or indeed if they throw too many balls, that's going to um, uh, allow the guy effectively foul and walk on. So that was a wee bit concerning there. Uh, one other definition, we, I probably should have known this, but um, this is considered the rubber game of the series. It's the third game. It's tied at one each, so the rubber game, the deciding game, um, the boys are telling me that's fairly common sports knowledge, um, uh, not really featured in my footballing terminology. Did Google a wee bit, and apparently it originated with lawn green bowls mm-hmm. back in the 16th, 17th century. Uh, far enough back that nobody knows why it's called mm-hmm. a rubber, sadly. Yeah. I know you're expecting to hear from Dave Jr. here, but I think he's actually gone away in the huff. Um, not quite sure what's happened there, but... Uh, I just caught a glance of that. The Tigers are 5-3 up. Uh, lovely wee home run to score two. Uh, and a double to score two runs, two runs to in as well. So well done Tigers, 5-3. It's been great since it just turned up. We, we're on our way. Here we go.
2: Well, I've managed to make my way out of the shackles that Alan put me into. And who knows it would have been so pink and fluffy and that he kept him in his top drawer. How, anyway, the White Sox have now rampaged into a 7-5 lead at present. Uh, Again, Alan may be coming back to you with a little talk shortly, but in the meantime, the good guys have taken over, and we're good to go.
1: Hi guys, Alan, back here. Um, I didn't actually bail out because the White Sox scored a few runs, I was actually getting these guys dinner ready. Alan, do
2: you want some humble pie,
1: Brian? And then they would have the the dashed cheek to criticise me for that, so anyway, I think... uh, that's the end of the fifth, an, an awkward double out, double play there with the tagging on the, the Tigers guys. It's uh, always a funny one to watch that, or funny as in funny haha, so it's good stuff. Um, we also had a wee chat where we've actually put some football on in the background. So we've got some football, Scottish football on the the MacBook and we've got the baseball on the big TV. And I don't think we ever thought we'd get around to that situation where it's the, the baseball on the big TV. So we then started having a wee chat about people who've played in Scottish football that might be into some baseball, so a lot of American players. Um, and naturally this week the conversation ended up in that the Celtic players are obviously more into bullfighting and spending their time in Spain. So anyway, here we are, we're into the bottom of the sixth. So let's go Tigers! Okay, we're heading into the ninth innings now. Um, we've, we've had a few beers, we've had a good night, it's been a good laugh. Tigers are trailing by two, uh, so it's important that we manage to uh, make sure that the White Sox don't score in the ninth innings. Um, if if we'd had less beer, we might have been able to pay attention to what the actual order of batting is, as we learn to understand those intricacies of the importance of this game. But uh, Dave Jr., what, what are you thinking? You think your White Sox are going to hold on?
2: Yeah, I'd like to think we can hold on for those next those next yeah, few pitches anyway. Uh, not a lot of action in the last few innings, so again, I'm pretty confident that the bullpen Pel- Bull can see us out here.
1: The Highland bullpen, that is. Ham- Hamish might have something to say about that. I'm sure Richard, the editor, will get uh, some suitable noise effects in, in for you there. <laughs> it- it's been a fantastic start to season for the Tigers. I mean, I- yeah we've followed them from a distance for a couple of years, nothing to this sort of extent as we really get into the game now. So never expected us to be looking in a position like this just now. I'm quite hopeful that we'll um, keep this winning run going and being above 500.
2: Yeah, I don't think the Tigers, um, at least the the majority of the baseball fandom, um, a couple of weeks ago, they wouldn't have raised an eyebrow at the White Sox winning a series 2 1 to the Tigers, I think maybe even a few Tigers fans would have been okay with that. So um, I, I think Tigers may be a win win tonight, that it's not a disaster at all. Um, but at the same time, it really helps elevate the, the White Sox into that, uh, helping them towards the wild card position.
1: Okay, just one last thing, we'll go and watch it. And um, you might actually hear the TV commentary in the background. We've switched MLB TV from the home feed to the away feed, fantastic feature we've got on there. You might hear that in the background. Time to get back to being sponsored by the Black Isle Brewery and enjoy the last innings. Well, I should say congratulations, Dave Jr. Um, it's It's been a great afternoon and evening. It's been a while since we managed to get together with all this uh, nonsense that's been going on in the world and watching sport together is our, our thing and having a few beers. So I've enjoyed that. Pretty gutted the way it's gone. So, But well done. I say that with... A small part of my heart.
2: I think um, I feel quite humbled, but actually, I, I feel bad as I was ready to come on with some sort of glowing tirade towards you. That the white socks is one, but yeah. yeah, gloating is maybe a nicer or a worse way of saying it. Uh, yeah, really lovely day. We managed to get some good sun, uh, some good chat, some really good ideas for the podcast. Yeah, and spent some time with Richard as well, which which was really good. In terms of the series, um, I, I, I might sound big-headed here, but I expected the, the White Sox to win uh, with the Tigers taking the first game. Uh, that was always going to be quite tough. <laughs> um, but again, to come back from there and win the Series 2-1 with four games coming up next week, uh, I'm really pleased with that. I... During this stage of the season, I think it's so so important to win your inter inter division inter league games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a few games coming up now against the Cardinals if they take place. Um, again, the Tigers have got a few tough games as well there. Um, but I think both teams, to be honest, if we're being if I'm being magnanimous about it, uh, both teams are in a good position. Perhaps yeah. it could be better, but um, I think the Tigers have surprised everyone at this stage. Doing really, really quite well. White Sox perhaps underperforming a little bit, um, but I think there's a there's a taste there for anyone watching that there's a really powerful lineup uh, to take forward. Good,
1: yeah. Um, so, the Tigers. Matt uh, dis- Matt Boyd's from my limited understanding, obviously one of our senior more more valued pitchers, but he's not had a great start to the season. Um, it- it's interesting, there's a lot of chat about the this, this shortened season hamper a guy with his skills and abilities. I, I don't really understand how a particular pitcher would do better in a 60 or 162 game season. Anyone listening can maybe uh, get in touch with us somehow and give us a wee bit of an idea about that. The Tigers were supposed to fit in a double header with the Cardinals tomorrow. As far as I'm aware, that's not happening. Um, interesting, the Cardinals to me seem to be falling understandably with what's happened falling quite a bit behind in their schedule Um, not really sure how that's going to work out Uh, similar things happening in Scottish football um, where it's potentially just a couple of games and we think well we we can squeeze a couple of games and and see what what happens there Uh, Celtic potentially have an issue with their European game, Um, you will know about that no doubt by the time we 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 listen here. Do I care about that? Well, not really. If they get beat, but uh, there you go. I don't. Did you have a point in that, Dave? Anything? Yeah,
2: I just thought it was really interesting that the contrast between the MLB and the SPFL. There um, is something perhaps to to bring up at a later date if we feel that all thirty teams will get their entire schedule allowance completed. Um, and if so, or sorry, if not. That's quite an interesting talking point as well. If you were to have played, let's say, 10 games, finished 5 for 5, or let's say finished 6 for 4, and had a winning percentage, do you feel like you should have perhaps qualified for that last 16? So I think there might be some interesting times for the MLB to come up where, um, as Alan touched on there with the Cardinals, if you've got one or two teams in particular who are doing well, but have not been able to perform... The full duties of the schedule. Yeah. Um, where where do you take that?
1: Yeah, so so yeah, it's it's interesting because I think that comes on to my my understanding was and, and we might have touched on this before that the your winning percentage is a winning percentage irrespective of how many games you've played. So presumably there's a minimum required in there. Um, I, I I know we probably. Uh, in, in Scottish football last year not everybody played the same amount of games but if you have postponements you've got the potential for one to be playing 15 and one to be playing 20-25 which suddenly becomes a bit different from somebody playing 27 and somebody playing 28 so so let's see so Cleveland for a couple of games in Detroit after tonight with a day off tomorrow presumably then we're down to Chicago to see the White Sox before we then head off to Cleveland as well Um. You got the Cubs at home, Twins at home, so
2: it's a really tough, tough schedule. Actually, when you you sort of verbalise that, it's quite yeah. Uh, I think if you yeah. come out of those those fixtures at all, even with a fifty-fifty split, I think you'd be doing very well.
1: You're, you're coming out of those. To be honest, it's the end of August. You're getting towards the end of the season. Um, you'll also f- figure out that that's my birthday, and I really appreciate my birthday gift you gave me tonight with my. Um, uh, pause the Detroit Tigers mascot a uh, 3d piece um I, I just can't wait to go to bed sober up wake up in the morning and to do that but no thank you it's been a great night any any last thoughts or comments
2: no for the good one again uh, it's nice to win it's nice to win a series um but I think again the overriding factor is over a good time good day
1: yeah, okay here we go just we'll met play ball.